Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning because I realize I do in fact swear a lot and I just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom, <laughs> let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm in. I'm your host for this podcast. So, it is the end of season two. Everyone clap. Yay! <laughs> and um, I know you guys were probably a little disappointed about the fact that I'm not going to be able to do a Mother's Day episode because exams have murdered me. <laughs> Truly, they have. So, today, I'm making up for it by today on this episode, having my mommy on <laughs> for this episode. Mom, say hello to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> Uh, I'm really excited to have her on. I know you guys really enjoyed the Mother's Day episode from uh, last year. It's got quite a few plays. I think it's like my fifth most popular episode. Yeah, good for you, Mom. Good for you. So how are you doing today? (laughs) Not too bad. Nice lazy Sunday in Canada. Yeah. Yes, it is. But what what have we done this morning? Like we've Nothing. we've watched YouTube videos. We haven't really uh, done very much. All right. Um, enough of that. Let's get on to the topic at hand today. We are discussing Cleopatra Selene the Second. Have you ever heard of her before? Well, I've heard of Cleopatra, so I presume it's perhaps her daughter. Yes, it is her daughter. <laughs> um, I I've heard of Cleopatra the Second. Uh, Selene the Second before. I'd never really done much research on her because the problem is. They didn't really keep a lot of good records on her. It was, like, really difficult recording this up. Ep- sorry. Researching this episode in general because it's just, like, maybe this happened to her. Maybe it didn't. We don't know because they didn't write anything down. I guess they peaked at Cleopatra. They did. They they, <laughs> they kept a lot of good records on her mom. Not a lot of good records on her. So there's going to be a lot of general guessing for this episode. But I hope you guys are excited. Uh, let's get into it. All right. So Cleopatra Selene was probably, um, born in the autumn of 40 BC in the city of Alexandria, Egypt, to Queen Cleopatra of Egypt, who I'm going to call Cleo for, like, less confusion, because they have the same name. Anyway, and, uh, Cleo's boy toy at the time, Mark Antony. Now, we can't really be sure of Cleopatra Selene's birth date. Uh, best guess historians seem to have, uh, is autumn based on I, I think they wrote down they the she was born in autumn, but like that's the best uh, guess. So her birthday could be anywhere between September first and November thirtieth, which is like the season of autumn. I don't know if it was like that back then, but that's what I assume. So in terms of zodiacs for her, we have three to choose the, from. She could either be a Virgo, a Libra, like moi, and a Scorpio. Um, in my personal opinion. She, when I was researching her, she, like, showed a lot of Virgo traits. Uh, she seems like she was, like, patient and kind person also, but not to mention, like, hardworking, diplomatic. And to be honest, she reminds me a lot of uh, Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones. I don't know. You haven't really watched Game of Thrones no. No, as extensively as me and Dad has. But uh, if Dad was here, he'd, he'd understand the reference. He doesn't really like Sansa very much, so maybe he wouldn't <laughs> enjoy this. But... I'm sure all of you out there, if you've uh, watched Game of Thrones, you, you'll probably see the Sansa Stark comparisons as we get into this. Okay, so before we get into her family, I want to talk a bit, about, a bit about her name because it was chosen very, very carefully for her by her mother and was meant to be super symbolic. So the first thing you need to know is that Cleopatra Selene was a twin. She had a twin brother. Um... Not sure if he was the younger twin or not. Uh, they didn't record which twin was born first, uh, but I'm of the opinion that she was the older twin. 
<laughs> she really seems like it. So her brother was named Alexander Helios, and if you know anything about Greek mythology, you you guys probably know where I'm going with this. So in Greek mythology, there were two titans, uh, Selene and Helios, who were brother and sister, and they were the gods of the sun and moon. Uh, and eventually, in Greek mythology, mythology, their jobs get taken over by Artemis and Apollo, who were actually twins, and they became the sun and moon. Uh, so it's kind of weird considering Cleo was going for the Greek mythology thing, why she went with the Titans names rather than the gods names. Like, it's weird that they weren't named like Cleopatra, Artemis, and Alexander, Apollo. But like, mm -hmm. I guess our girl Cleo preferred the either, Titans. Either way, she had a lot to live up to. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So Cleo, like, chose these names like very strategically for her children because at the time Cleo was like at the height of her power she wanted to build her dynasty with these children but to understand all that <laughs> we have to go back a little bit and talk about Cleopatra's Selene family and what her parents had been up to at, up until that point so I know I've talked about the uh, Ptolemies in Cleo's episode which you haven't listened to have you now um but for you guys you got to you can listen to Cleo's episode to, like, kind of give you, like, backstory for this, but I'm going to explain it <laughs> for you guys anyway because, like, it's a roller coaster. Um, and it's kind of crazy that uh, Cleo came from such a mess of a family and ended up as awesome as she did. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Ptolemies, they were originally a Greek family, and the founder of the family was this dude named Ptolemy who fought with Alexander the Great in his campaign to basically conquer the world until Alexander died of unspecified circumstances. It was either alcohol poisoning or actual poisoning. <laughs> or maybe some like underlying sickness anyway the minute alexander was dead his generals instead of you know waiting for alexander's widow to give birth to his son decided to uh, divide up the empire amongst themselves and ptolemy was gifted egypt and he uh straight up snatched alexander's body and yeeted out of there to be the new pharaoh of egypt <laughs> Um, and after about 300 years of incest mur and murder, um, the Ptolemies, uh, and the Ptolemies just being bad and terrible rulers in general, uh, we finally get to Cleo, who was probably one of the most extraordinary rulers out of her entire family. Like, she actually tried to learn Egyptian, which none of her family had ever tried to learn the native language before. Wow. Ever. And, uh, she actually gave a shit about her people. Hmm. Um, and she was also very concerned with not letting Egypt be Rome's bitch, <laughs> unlike her father had done. All around, Cleopatra Selene's mom was doing great. She was doing fantastic. Now, after Cleo won her civil war thanks to her, uh, first boy toy, Julius Caesar, her and Julius Caesar chilled for a bit, and then, uh, Caesar left to go home, but Cleo was like, wait, come back. <laughs> Uh, because I'm pregnant. <laughs> mm, you got responsibilities, son. Yeah, Caesar, you got responsibilities. So Caesar had gotten Cleo pregnant, which produced Cleopatra Selene's big brother, Caesarian. Interesting. Who, who we will talk about once we uh, get to her childhood a little bit later. Anyway, uh, after that, Caesar got stabbed like Swiss cheese. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Cleo got out of there because she's like, I don't want to deal with that mess. And returned to Egypt until she was uh, summoned by none other than Mark Antony. A very important rich Roman man. And he was basically one half of what was keeping the Roman Republic stable. After Caesar died, there were three men who basically divided up the empire in three, and Mark Antony um, 
got like the most easternly part. Mm-hmm. No, wait, yeah, east- yeah, easternly part. Um, also, side note, Mark Antony was apparently a very, very sexy. <laughs> And this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is the part of is the start of Cleopatra Selene's parents' love story, which, uh, according to Shakespeare, is considered one of the greatest of all times. I don't know if you ever read that play in English class when you were a kid. I don't know. It was like thirty years ago. So <laughs> I can't I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the point is, uh, Mark was smitten mm-hmm. when he saw Cleo, and uh, they shacked up. Mm-hmm. For a little bit. And that's where Cleopatra Selene and Alexander Helios came from. But then um Mark left. <laughs> wow. Uh because the guy at the time who was basically leading Rome, who had gotten like the Rome part of the Roman Empire, uh Octavian was like, Hey bro, can you come back? And he was like, Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh so when Cleopatra Selene and her brother were born her father wasn't even there for it like he wasn't he wasn't there at all and he wouldn't be back for a few years after that either okay so now we got all that context out of the way let's talk about the first few years of her childhood so she was raised in the city of alexandria do you, do you know where alexandria is mm, sounds familiar <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it's a port city in in egypt it still exists okay um and she was raised as a very very rich princess and as a daughter of cleo bitch would have been living in absolute luxury like mm. She was wearing the best clothes, eating some of the best food, and just kind of, like, living her life like the awesome little princess she was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's because of the lack of information about her early childhood, it's kind of uh, difficult to know what her relationships with her siblings would have been like. But based on how her mother's relationships with her brother and sisters had gone, I imagine Cleo probably would have been interested in wanting her sons and daughters to be, like, close and you know not want to murder each other for the throne like her brothers and sisters had done uh so i imagine her and her brothers especially her and her twin probably got along fairly well and were close as children and um considering her older brother cesarean was like the most important because he was going to be pharaoh someday um i imagine she probably looked up to him a lot and <laughs> She also probably looked up to him a lot because of what I'm about to uh, explain uh, about her education. Now, there's basically nothing on her education uh, because there's no written records. And uh, because of history trying to bury Cleo's legacy, (coughs) Octavian. Um, But based on her mother's education, uh, I think that she would have gotten a stellar education as a child. Um, and also, I, I, I think the reason she probably got this, like, really good education that I'm, I'm guessing on was probably to marry her older brother, Caesarion. I knew that was coming. Someday. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I thought that maybe she might have been grooming Cleopatra Selene to marry her, uh, brother someday i know it's you uh but brother sister marriages were incredibly common in the egyptian royal family uh cleo had been married to both of her little brothers Mm -hmm. uh she never did anything with them she actually murdered them both for context it hadn't ended well and uh cleo was probably banking on her son cesarean and her only daughter being an awesome power couple someday and uh she was probably hoping it would end better than her marriages to both her brothers, which, like I said, ended in murder and a slight bit of drowning. Uh, 
Um, and I imagine Cleo was tr- probably trying to avoid that. Um, so, you know, they probably would have gotten along well. Um, now, if this was the plan, Cleopatra Selene probably would have gotten her mother's top tier education. Cleopatra Selene probably would have spoken her native Greek as well as Egyptian, probably would have been well versed in politics, history, and all that other queenly shit that she would need to know one day to, you know, take her place as a very important person in the ancient world. Um, as for Cleopatra Selene's looks, we kind of have like a little vague idea of, of what she looked like. We can guess based on what uh, her parents looked like. Um, and I, I did read a couple of like accounts of what she looked like. It wasn't like in great detail, like she had this color hair and this and that. Um, but she was described as being very handsome, like her father, uh, and much, much prettier than her mother. So you know how like Cleopatra is like always like talked the, about the being... beauty standard. Yeah. She's like <laughs> one of the most beautiful women in the world. Yeah. Not true. Mm-hmm. She was like fairly average. She had a bit of a schnoz. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Cleopatra Selene apparently had a schnoz too, but she inherited her dad's good looks. So like she was, <laughs> she was really lucky on that front. So good for her. Okay. I think you're going to like this section. It's called world's worst dad. <laughs> Okay, so generally, at the start of my episodes, I like to talk about both of the parents of the person I'm covering, but in this case, I deliberately skipped over Mark Antony, because he wasn't there for most of her early years until suddenly, in uh, 37 BC, when she's about seven or six, uh, suddenly her father shows up again, out of, out of nowhere. How convenient. How, yes, how convenient for him. And uh, she gets to meet him for the first time in her life, so let's talk about Mark Anthony, who he was, and what he'd been doing, <laughs> and a little bit about his early life. So, Mark Anthony's early life wasn't exactly stable, like, at all. Um, his father, also named Mark Anthony, uh, was corrupt, shrewd, and the lack of parental supervision meant Mark spent most of his teenage years drinking and screwing around with girls. Uh, maybe men too, but that's just a rumor. <laughs> Uh, when he was about 26, he joined the military to, you know, make something of himself, unlike his shitty father. And after working his way up, Mark got a job on Julius Caesar's staff, which was a totally massive score for someone so young. Because um, Caesar was very powerful. And before Caesar was uh, stabbed like Swiss cheese, being on his staff was like, being like on the president's staff, you know? Um <laughs> Mark was Caesar's, like, right-hand man. He even helped Mark start his political career, and Mark supported Caesar during his civil war against this dude named Pompey. Uh, Eventually, he was practically governing Rome while Caesar was uh, shacking up with his future boo, Cleo, so they've they've shared boo things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still, Mark wasn't the best at his job. He wasn't really good at ruling Rome while he was supposed to be. He spent a lot of time drinking and whoring. Mm So Caesar had to come back to Rome to, like, fix all of that and, like, yell at him. Um, And it was around uh, this time while Caesar was yelling at him that Mark uh, divorced his first wife, Antonia, and accused her of adultery. Um, And they had one daughter together who died young. Um, And immediately after he divorced his first wife, he married a lady named Fulvia with with whom he had two sons, Marcus and Ilius. I think it's Ilius. It starts with an I-U-L-L-U-S. Um, and she was the lady he was married to when Cleopatra, Selene, and Alexander Helios was born. So he was married mm. when uh, him and Cleo shacked up. 
Um, after Mark left Egypt, because he had been summoned by Octavian, uh, who will eventually become Augustus. For now, we're going to call him Octavian until he makes the transition over to Augustus, but he's Octavian for now. Anyway, uh, Octavian, he was Julius Caesar's adopted son, as well as great nephew. They were related, but he adopted him. Um, and after Caesar died, uh, like I said, they'd been all ruling the Republic together. It was like a split deal. And while Mark had been, you know, fucking around in the East, barely ruling what he was supposed to be ruling and, like, trying to get money for his campaigns, which was why he summoned Cleopatra in the first place, because she was rich. <laughs> um, Octavian called Mark back to make kind of a peace between them, because things had been tense, because they didn't want to share power. They also didn't want to destabilize things. They had both been close to Caesar. They considered themselves his heirs. Uh, so basically what Octavian offers is a truce. He's like, Mark, I'll give you in marriage to my sister and then we're family. And then we'll, we'll be a lot closer. It'll be a lot easier to rule together. So he does that. He marries Octavian's sister named Octavia, by the way. <laughs> there was a thing in Rome where you named the children no matter their gender after the father. Mm. So he okay. was he was he was Octavian, she was Octavia. Mm -hmm. Um uh so it's it's this marriage is the reason why he wasn't around in Cleopatra Selene's early life because he was in Rome with all that power and his new wife. Mm. Um so this arrangement worked pretty well for Mark for, like, a couple of years. Um, hell, him and his wife even had two daughters together. Um, but after about seven years, his alliance with Octavian was kind of falling apart, and after an awful military defeat, he became running back to Cleo and abandoned his poor wife, oh. Octavia. And now here, after seven whole fucking years, <laughs> he's here to be Cleopatra Selene's father like he should have always been in the fucking first place. Mm-hmm. Now, when her father showed up, her mother and father kind of just, like, fell back in love like nothing had ever happened. Um, but coming back to Egypt was, it was a lot of consequences for Mark Antony because he had abandoned his wife, who was Octavian's sister. And that just put, like, targets on both Cleo and Mark Antony's, like, back. Like, it was, it was bad. And it got even worse when Mark Antony was like, I'm going to officially recognize Cleopatra Selene and uh, Alexander Helios as my children. <laughs> and he granted both her and her brother, like, land as, like, kind of, like, offerings uh, that they would one day rule as adults. Uh, Cleopatra Selene got the territories of Cernicia and Libya as a gift from her father. Um, and her parents were officially, like, technically married. Uh, they didn't have a ceremony or anything, or anything, but they declared that they were married, so they were married. And that was good enough in the eyes of Egyptian people. Not so much for the Romans, they didn't consider it a legal marriage, but Cleo and Mark didn't really care. With their combined power, they were pretty much ready to take over the world. And they made some pretty bold statements to show everyone that they were ready to take over the world. Uh, first of all, they had another kid 
together. Uh, Cleopatra Selene got another little brother named Ptolemy, who was born in probably about 35 BC or 34 BC. Uh, the second thing they did to make a massive statement was this huge ceremony to establish to the world that this was the royal family of Egypt and that Cleopatra Selene and her family were practically gods on this earth. Now, this ceremony is commonly called the Donations of Alexandria, and this is where Cleopatra Selene got all these lands from her father. Um, now, it was called the Donations of Alexandria because, well, the lands Cleopatra, Selene, and her brothers were getting in this ceremony, they actually weren't owned by Egypt. Like, they didn't own them. Rome did, for the most part. Mm. They had at one point owned these lands, like, all the way back when Egypt was a stronger power. But uh, this was kind of like a contingency, like, you'll have these lands when we conquer them back. Mm -hmm. And you'll get to rule them as an adult. Um... Basically, they were trying to mimic the great power that Egypt had had, like, 200 years ago under uh, Ptolemy II. And Cleopatra Selene and her brothers were the key to this. Now, the party started by her parents riding on a chariot in Alexandria, cheered on by adoring crowds. <laughs> uh, Cleo was proclaimed the Queen of Kings, mm -hmm. and Cleopatra Selene's brother Caesarion was proclaimed king of Egypt and the true son of Julius Caesar. Because for a lot of years, Julius um, Caesarion was like, his parentage was questioned a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, no, there was a lot of people who didn't believe he was actually Julius Caesar's son. Because people thought Cleo was promiscuous. <laughs> um... So, uh, during the ceremony, Cleopatra Selene and her brother came out and sat on these, like, cute little mini thrones, because they were, like, seven. <laughs> it was cute. Um, um, and this ceremony was kind of like a, like a tipping point for Rome and Octavian, and from here on out, it's, like, full-scale civil war between Cleopatra Selene's parents and Octavian. It's going down. Okay, so I'm not gonna go completely over the entire Civil War, because it, it was a thing between uh, Octavian and Cleopatra Selene's parents, but I will hit some of the highlights, because it's still an important moment in her life. Now, first things first, her father officially divorced uh, his, uh, her stepmother, Octavia, uh, and he started accusing Octavian of trying to usurp power, and that Octavian was not Julius Caesar's heir, and that he was. And that's when the battles, like, really started. And the whole civil war kind of came to a head at the Battle of Actium. Uh, so while Cleopatra Selene and her brothers were probably, like, you know, chilling in Alexandria, like, getting fed grapes or something. Playing their Xbox. Yeah, <laughs> like playing their old Egyptian Xbox. <laughs> Um, her parents were in Actium, which is a port city in Greece. Uh, the Battle of Actium was a huge naval battle. And uh, spoiler alert for, if you haven't read a history book, <laughs> it didn't go particularly well for Cleo or Mark. They lost bad. <laughs> and they had to flee back to Egypt where they didn't talk to each other for the whole boat ride. <laughs> Awkward. Awkward. Um, now, less than a few months after the battle, Octavian was getting closer to absolute power in Rome, and he made the bold move to invade Egypt in 30 BC when Cleopatra Selene was about 10 years old. Uh, because of this, for everyone's safety, Cleo and Mark decided to split the kids up and send them to different places. Her older brother Caesarion was sent to India to hide, and Cleopatra Selene and her twin brother Alexander Helios and little Ptolemy were sent to Thebes, which is an Egyptian city. It's like down the Nile, mm -hmm. like south. Um, 
which actually used to be the old capital of Egypt before Alexandria was established. You know, when Alexander the Great wrote and he's like, I don't want to live in Thebes. I'm just going to name this place after me. <laughs> now, uh, Thebes, uh, which is, I believe, Luxor now. Thebes doesn't exist anymore. Uh, probably would have, it's an 11 hour drive today. But uh, back then they probably would have gone by the Nile because it was like basically the super highway of Egypt. Luxor, that explains a lot in Las Vegas. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, they would have gone by the Nile. Probably would have been the safest way to travel with three children. Um, probably would have been about a day-ish boat ride, maybe two. Um, I can't imagine how terrifying this must have been for her, you know, leaving home to run and hide with her little brothers in another place without either of her parents. Mm -hmm. um, still, it had to be done to protect them. Not even her parents knew what was going to happen until it all came crumbling down at once. Octavian invaded Egypt, and Cleo and Mark hid in Alexandria trying to defend themselves, but when Cleo realized they had no chance of getting out of this, she sent Mark a letter uh, which a servant delivered saying that she was dead. So Mark killed himself by running him through himself through with a sword. Oh. Um, Wait, she wasn't dead though. No, she wasn't, but she wanted him to kill off himself. Wow. Yeah, it's it's, it's dramatic. Um, no, I'm I'm I I I can't really discern whether or not like they had a lot of true love. Like a lot of their relationship had mostly been lust. Mm. Uh, Mark, he was really in love with her. Like you can tell a lot that he was genuinely in love with her. Cleo's a little bit of a enigma whether or not she really loved any of the men she had children with but i think with mark probably she probably had more of a connection with him than she ever did with julius caesar so i'm gonna i'm gonna check off love for, there you go. for their relationship just to make ourselves feel better for cleo patricelline now uh after mark died cleo was captured by octavian and basically put on house arrest in alexandria now cleo knew what would happen to her if she let octavian take her back to rome which was what he planned to do she knew she'd be degraded humiliated and then probably later killed uh a similar thing had happened with cleo's sister arsinoe like back in the day her sister arsinoe had been captured by rome and she was like paraded around and humiliated in rome and she didn't want that to happen mm -hmm. Uh, so Cleo did what she thought was best, and she killed herself with either snake to boob, or she poisoned herself. She had a she had a particular affinity for poisons. Uh, the asp story, you know that famous story, like she brought in an asp. It's a type of snake, yeah. And she killed herself that way. We're not sure if that's true, but she had a particular affinity for poison, so she probably just poisoned herself. Why to the boob? Because uh, Shakespeare is dramatic. Okay. I I don't know. <laughs> Um, snake to the face. Snake, snake to the face. Snake to the f oh no, that would suck. <laughs> and after she killed herself, she basically left the lives of all four of her children up to whatever Octavian was gonna do Some with them. Great mothering, raising. great mothering. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, when Cleopatra Selene heard what happened to her parents, I can't imagine her reaction. Like she's a ten-year-old. Um, and hearing that her father stabbed himself and her mom, probably the most awesome role model she probably could have had in the whole world, had poisoned herself. Um, and it was only about to get worse. Cleopatra and her brothers were on their way back to Alexandria at the same time because either someone from Octavian's army came to get them or they just decided it was better to go back. Like To, to be fair, they were kind of the bosses of their little entourage because, you know, they were, yeah. Many rulers. Yeah, they were many rulers. <laughs> So, uh, 
they're on their way back, and, you know, at this time, their oldest brother, Caesarion, who was supposed to be halfway to India by now, uh, he was in trouble. Um, on his way to India, his tutor, who was his teacher, had betrayed his trust and gave him up to Octavian, so Caesarion was dragged back to Egypt, where he was unfortunately publicly executed. Wow. He, he was about my age, too. He was, like, 1918 mm. at the time. So, when Cleopatra Selene and her little brothers showed back up in Alexandria, their entire family was dead. Holy. They did not have any relations left. And they were Octavian's prisoners now. Oh, and because of all that, Cleopatra Selene and Alexander Helios were, like, technically in charge of Egypt <laughs> when they got back, since both parents and older brother were dead. <laughs> mm -hmm. They were, like, and they were, like, ten, so they were probably, like, us in charge? We don't even know how to do long division. How are we gonna run a country? <laughs> they were spares to the air. They Literally, that's exactly what they were. But it really didn't matter since Egypt was leaderless and Octavian, he hadn't annexed Egypt yet. So they had no rulership and they were next in line. So for uh, roughly about uh, two weeks, they were technically the uh, pharaohs of Egypt. Uh, but but it's okay. Uh, two weeks uh, later, um, Octavian did annex Egypt and officially brought it into the Roman Empire. So, phew, they don't have to make any political decisions. Good for them. <laughs> okay. Uh, just to let you know, from here on out, we're going to finally start referring to Octavian as Augustus, because he's made that transition about now. Um, and it's probably just easier to start calling him Augustus now. Now, uh, Augustus decided to uh, leave Egypt after officially establishing like a puppet government to uh, take care of Egypt for him. He took Cleopatra Selene and her brothers with him back to Rome. Um, and he did something really awful to these children as if they weren't traumatized enough. And this really pisses me off. So Augustus decided he wanted to organize a triumph to celebrate his victory in Egypt. Basically, a triumph is a big military parade that Romans did to celebrate victories, and Augustus, uh, he was really willing to go all out to be like, yeah, that's right, I defeated Mark Antony and Cleopatra, what up? And the centerpiece of this whole parade was going to be our girl Cleopatra Selene and her brothers. Now, Augustus puts all three of these kids in the parade. He has the twins dressed in these costumes of the sun and moon mm -hmm. to, like, make fun of their names, and he bounds their arms with golden chains. Oh, yeah, I know. It's awful. And uh, as for their little brother Ptolemy, I don't know where he was. There's, like, no mention of him actually, like, really being in this parade. Uh, but he was, like, he was like probably there. He was, like, four. I imagine someone was, like, holding or something. Like, he could have just had, like, some cheese and some wine and some grapes on, you know, a platter, have an open house, let everybody know he conquered, and get it over with. But <laughs> he had to have this parade. He... he <laughs> He did. So anyway, this parade starts and the twins start walking and they notice something behind them. There's like this thing on a stick and they turn around. It's somebody's and head. It's no, somebody's head. no, no. <laughs> but it's definitely still traumatizing. It's an effigy. Do you know what an effigy is? Mm, I should know. But it's, it's like a puppet thing. So it's an effigy and it's their mother uh, holding a snake, biting her boob of course. to make fun of, of the snake how she, how she probably died mm -hmm. 
God, that must have been so traumatizing to see that. And they had to keep walking for like a couple miles in these heavy ass chains. Mm. They're 10. They can barely walk. And I read all these accounts of how like miserable they clearly looked and that they just had such a hard time walking. And like this got a lot of sympathy from the crowds in Rome. They were like, these are 10 year olds. What are you doing? It's great that we won. But you're, you're you're treating You've these gone too far, man. You have gone too far, Augustus. <laughs> you're treating these like 10, 11 year olds like garbage for basically no reason. And my, you know, my heart goes out not to just Cleopatra Selene, but to both of her brothers. Um, so after the parade, I imagine Cleopatra Selene was like fairly nervous because after all, what do you do with the kids now? It's not like they're going to give them a juice box and a cookie. No, because they have no home, no family, and they're also a political threat to Augustus as, uh, since he was now established as the new emperor of Rome, it's not a republic, it's an empire now. Um, and also technically, sorry, Augustus was actually their legal guardian by like, by like legal standards since he was the closest family they had since he was technically their step uncle since their dad stretch yeah since their dad was married to his sister mm. he's technically their step uncle so he makes the decisions and uh he makes the decision to send them to the home of his sister and their stepmother octavia which must have been awkward mm -hmm. uh for cleopatra Selene, who i'm sure probably knew exactly who she was and what happened between her father and her and but she was their closest kin so um they were sent there she, plus she had plenty of room and money to accommodate them she got like all of mark antony's lands and money when he died so good for her uh, so they were sent to their home, um, which I believe was actually one of Mark Antony's old, like, estates that Octavia now owned on the Palatine Hill, which was a super posh section mm -hmm. of Rome. So they were score, score for them. Um, now, I imagine Cleopatra Selene stepping into this family dynamic with Octavia was probably scary, since Octavia had every right to hate these children because of what their father did. But And honestly, that's what I expected to hear when I read up on how Octavia, like, raised them but i actually found the complete opposite personality in octavia she was a really really sweet lady and even after mark antony abandoned her with two kids and uh she also had two kids from her first marriage she had been married before um mm -hmm. uh, she stayed super super strong for her family and hell she even raised mark antony's older sons from his other marriage so she wow. had whole bunch of kids in her house and she was no different with the twins and little Ptolemy. She made sure they were treated as if they were her own children and I believe in total she was raising about nine kids and five of them weren't even hers. She's my Shiro. She's she's my Shiro too. I hope I I hope one day I can do an episode on her. There's not a lot of information on her but I feel like I could dig up something. I mean round of applause for yeah. for Octavia. She's she's an MVP. Okay, so on to Cleopatra Selene's raising in Rome. We don't really know a lot about it, but I'm going to try and, like, speculate based on, like, how Roman girls were raised generally. She probably would have been raised in the same manner. But first, we need to talk about a mystery <laughs> that happens almost immediately after Cleopatra Selene moves in with her stepmom, which is the disappearance of her brothers. Oh, dear. Yes. <laughs> Told you it get, it gets worse. Um, because it's after this point when they move in, like, a couple months into their stay, where suddenly Alexander Helios and little Ptolemy disappear from historical records. They're never mentioned again after this point. And no one has any clue what happened to either of them. Now, there's two ways we can look at this. 
I suspect the mother, the stepmother. Really? Or whatever. She A- after she welcomed them into her home? Like, yeah, she's my hero, but like, what happened? <laughs> now, we can look at this two ways. They either got sick and died, which was pretty common. Infant mm-hmm. mortality was a thing that happened. Um, or <laughs> what I think, I personally think they were totally murdered. And here's why. Now, Augustus was probably well aware that keeping two of Cleo and Mark Antony's sons alive as a new emperor while he, well, yeah, while he was just grasping power was a risk and he didn't want to make that mistake. And Augustus, like, as a person, like, I, I googled a bit about his personality. He was ruthless on pri- in private, but on the outside, he always tried to project the opposite, which was someone who could be merciful and forgiving, like his uncle Julius Caesar had been. He was always trying to emulate Julius Caesar in that way. Um, but he probably thought at just, like, giving them to his sister and pretending, like, oh, I'm gonna keep them alive and we're gonna raise them. But then, uh, having them murdered and no one ever talking about them again hmm. was probably the best idea. What do you think about that? That's sus. It, it is. Is Where did you learn the word sus? You. Oh. <laughs> I taught her slang, guys. <laughs> she never uses slang, right? <laughs> ever. Don't ask her about it. <laughs> no. My philosophy is just use it, just not in the right context. <laughs> now, I'm sure this must have sucked for Cleopatra's Link because they were her brothers. They were literally her only family that she had left. One of them was her twin brother, which twins usually have a really deep connection. And whether or not she suspected foul play or not, I'm sure at this point she was super sick of losing people. And she probably at this point figured it would just be easier to blend into the background. Don't talk about her brothers ever again. Just accept the hostage situation that you're in and stay obedient or else you die which is definitely the smart option i think it's here in this hostage situation where she gets a lot of like sansa stark traits because you know she was kidnapped from her family and like raised with awful joffrey (laughs) oh i know who that is yes you know who joffrey is yes Now, uh, getting away from all that sadness, let's talk about something fun. <laughs> like uh, Cleopatra Selene's like, really posh life in Rome. Now, for starters, it would have been pretty cushy considering her stepmother was sister to the Emperor of Rome. And her dad all- was super rich and Octavia had all these properties, so she was definitely living it up. I imagine she probably spent most of her time uh, when she wasn't lounging in her dead dad's villa, mm-hmm. uh, working on her education in the Roman way that she probably would have been taught. Uh, which would not have been as extensive as the education her mother probably gave her, but still, it was, like, pretty good. She probably would have been taught to read and write in Latin and, you know, brush up on her Greek since Greek was normally a second language for a lot of people in Rome. It was like, it was like how French is, like, a really posh language. Uh, she would have been taught pretty traditionally feminine Roman things, um, like reading, household management, and she would have been a wife and a mother someday, um, And since uh, household management with, like, funds and uh, keeping, like, the checkbooks balanced probably would have required a bit of basic math, so she probably learned some basic math. So, all in all, not bad, but not uh, learning politics and shit great. Um, Other things she would have done growing up in Rome, uh, she would have had her whole group of siblings. She had her father's uh, sibling children from his first marriage, his two sons, uh, Marcus and Ilias, and she also had Octavia's daughters, and here's the naming you're gonna get mad at, both of her sisters were named Antonia. Both of them. 
They called them Antonia Major and Antonia Minor. I'd hate to be the minor. <laughs> that was how they differentiate them. And uh, I, when I was Googling both of them, they had like pretty uh, similar temperaments, like both of the sisters. Uh, they were matriarchs in their later years, diplomatic, super smart women. And even though, you know, Mark Antony was, like, the worst baby daddy ever, he did create some awesome daughters. Like, both Antonias? Great. <laughs> Shitty dad. Great. <laughs> great daughter maker. <laughs> Good for him. Now, uh, speaking of cool women from this time period, I couldn't really find anything on it. I just wanted to Google it to see if I could find anything on it. Uh, Augustus had a daughter. Her name is Julia. Mm -hmm. um and she was only about a year older than cleopatra selene like in terms of age so i figured they must have met at some point and like i imagine they might have had a decent friendship as children and um uh, julia's uh house was like down the street from octavia's so like i imagine if they lived in the same neighborhood they were about the same age i imagine they must have mingled Mm -hmm. And if they did, that would have been a powerful friendship. Julia the Elder, she's a fucking cool bitch. And one day I hope I do an episode on Julia the Elder because she was awesome and they just would have been a powerful duo if they were friends. I'm just saying. Okay, now fast forward to about 25 BC. Uh, Cleopatra Selene is about 15 and she is single and ready to mingle. Mm -hmm. uh, and her stepmom, Octavia, figures... It's about time that she should make an effort to find a husband for Cleopatra Selene, which is, you know, super sweet. Can we just, like, take a minute and give another applause to Octavia? Because she is hashtag best stepmom ever. She's mm -hmm. being uh, matchmaker supreme. I actually, you know, I kind of want to get a mug, a mug or a t-shirt that says hashtag Octavia best stepmom ever. <laughs> <laughs> I should make that merch. That'd be re really funny because I'm just rooting for this woman. Anyway, Octavia is, like, husband shopping and making sure her stepdaughter doesn't end up with no crusty-ass man like her dad. Um, and Octavia settles upon this dude named Juba, who was a prince of Numidia. And I've got to say, it was a pretty perfect match based on Juba's background, which was actually pretty similar to Cleopatra Selene. So let's talk about what's up with Juba. So Juba was the son of King Juba I of New Numidia. Uh, and in about... Uh, and he was born in about 48 BC, so he's about eight years older than Cleopatra Selene, roughly, which is not that bad of an age gap. Let's be real. She could have been married to, like, a 50-year-old. So, like, getting someone who's eight years older than her is about 23 is a lot better than getting married to a 50-year-old. Um, now, when Juba was about three, his dad was in a war with Rome, and spoiler alert, Juba's dad lost. Lost hard. Um, and he committed suicide. Oh. Parallels, parallels, and uh, left little three-year-old Juba all alone, so Julius Caesar took little Juba as a war prisoner, and he got paraded around in Rome in a triumph, like Cleopatra Selene, and uh, Julius Caesar, he invested in this kid's education, like, he treated him like a son, and gave even gave him Roman citizenship, which was, like, a huge honor, and by Juba's 20s, he was a very well-educated man and completely loyal to Rome. Like, he had barely any connection to his home country of Numidia. And when Julius Caesar died, he joined Augustus in the military, and Augustus had basically been, like, a big brother to Juba, because, like, they were practically raised together. It's funny how Augustus is just collecting all these foreign children. Like, <laughs> he's like, I gotta collect them all! <laughs> Anyway, uh, Juba was even there at the Battle of Actium, which, if you remember, was against Cleopatra Selene's parents. He was there. He was mm. one of Augustus' soldiers, which must have been awkward later when he found out who he was marrying. Mm. Um, 
However, there's a pretty strong possibility that at this point they had known each other for years uh, since uh, Augustus and him were friends and he was a Roman citizen, so they'd probably known each other uh, for years at this point. Um, they got married in about uh, 25 BC when he was 23 and she was 15. The wedding was in Rome and it was a fucking party man. Um, I actually found this interesting poem written by a contemporary poet about the wedding, and I shall now read it to you in my best dramatic voice. <laughs> Great neighboring regions of the world, which the Nile swollen from black Ethiopia divides you, have created common kings for both through marriage, making one race of Egyptians and Libyans. That the children of kings in turn hold from their fathers a strong rule over both lands. <laughs> I know it's very dramatic short sweet dramatic yeah to the point yeah this is really the best documentation we have of their wedding it's basically like these two people from these great bloodlines are coming together and getting married and it's great <laughs> yeah um additionally Augustus also gave Cleopatra Selene some pretty nice wedding gifts because I maybe he felt bad about being mean to her when she was 10 um he gave her a baller dowry uh, he granted her the territory of Mauritania, which was a new place he had conquered. Mm -hmm. And uh, Juba was instated in his father's old kingdom of Numidia, and the territories were combined to make uh, one new kingdom together, which they named, named Mauritania. They just kept the name and just mm -hmm. uh, dissolved Numidia into it. Uh, and this area, is a, it's a part of modern-day Algeria, Morocco, and Libya. It's like northern Africa area. Mm -hmm. And when they went there, they established their capital and they called it Caesarea. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, that was like to pander to Augustus so like he didn't get mad at them. <gasps> and they set off for their new country like pretty much immediately right after the wedding. And when they got there, they had a couple issues to be solved. And the most challenge challenging of all was modernizing Mauritania. Uh, Mauritania was an incredibly nomadic country and really set in its old ways. And when Cleopatra, Selene, and Juba showed up, uh, and they established their capital. They tried to build cities and roads. Like, they had a couple cities there, like, but... They're like, oh, city folk. No way. <laughs> but the people there, they didn't want to live in cities. They were, like, fine, you know, chilling out in the country. Like, with their goats. They were mostly goat herders. And they were, like... They... <laughs> it was incredibly frustrating to deal with because no one wanted to move into these cities they were building. So, like, right off the bat, Cleopatra and Selene... Cleopatra, Selene, and Juba had, like, issues connecting with the people. Since they had been so Romanized at this point, they had a hard time thinking in any other way other than the Roman way, which was to modernize and expand, which was exactly what they were doing. But despite this friction with the locals who just wanted to goat herd, uh, Cleopatra Selene was an incredible ruler, and, and she just wasn't just a queen consort. She's, she was fully a partner in this with Juba. Like, they did everything together. Like, and, and you can tell this because there's, like, coinage, like, from that time period. And you can see on the coin, it's both of them hmm. on the coins. And, like, they're obviously, like, equals. And she, she took a very active role in running the country, which she's very much her mother's daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, she, she and Juba made the country rich through trade. They were very good at that. And um, in a couple of years, they became the Roman Empire's, like, biggest trading partner by exporting timber, grapes, grains, pearls, which they were very rich in, wow. uh, fish, and uh, a special fish sauce that they only manufactured, like it was the only place you could get it was from them, and it became super popular in Rome thanks to them. Uh, they were also prolific builders. <laughs> 
uh, like I said, they built new cities. Uh, they gave new buildings uh, to the existing cities. Like, they modernized them. Uh, Roman theaters were built, as well as aqueducts to get water to cities. Uh, Greek baths, Greek gymnasiums, temples to Egyptian and Roman deities, bringing some of her culture to the country. Uh, they had palaces. They also had a library built, a lighthouse, just like the one in Alexandria. Um, and for... <laughs> That's a lot of building. Mm -hmm. Good for them. Um, not to mention, Cleopatra Selene also called up some scholars from her native Egypt to come to the kingdom to, like, just, like, Egyptianize uh, some of the country. And mm -hmm. Ajuba, he was incredibly interested in the arts and wanted their court to be super sophisticated, which Cleopatra Selene wanted as well. And, of, of course, Juba gets most credit for uh, all the arts programs that he uh, brought into the country, which he totally deserves because he did do that. He was like, he was very uh, sophisticated and educated, but you got to put some respect on Cleopatra Selene's name. I mean, she was doing this stuff too. I mean, she was her parents' daughter. And despite the negative press that was spread about her parents after they died, she spent a lot of time protecting her legacy well, their legacy with the way she ruled. And I really don't think anyone spends any time talking about how cool that is. And I, I just think it's really amazing. Okay, so jumping forward to about 10 BC, uh, Cleopatra Selene gives birth uh, to possibly, possibly her only child. I'll explain that in a second. Her first baby is a boy. And they name him Ptolemy, which is very reminiscent of her Greek and Egyptian heritage, and also probably named after her grandfather, her brother, you know, just, it's a family name. The one that got murdered. Yes, one of the ones that got murdered. Had she had more children, she probably would have named another boy after her other brothers. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, after this, it is believed that she possibly gave birth to a daughter, though it's not, like really recorded and that her daughter was named Drusilla but the info, info on that is kind of like eh um I also have to mention that she was in like her early 30s when her and Juba like finally got down and started having children which is crazy because they had been married for like 15 years by this point so it was like kind of weird that they had kids so late in life but hey maybe it was all the ruling they just had no time to have children they were too busy to get busy <laughs> That's, that's a good one. <laughs> um, now, um, after her son is born, from about 5 BC and on, there's complete radio silence in the historical records for Cleopatra Selene. And it's because of this, it's believed that she died in 5 BC. Uh, the myth is that she died during a lunar eclipse, which, if true, would be incredibly symbolic, considering her name was Cleopatra mm. Selene and she was so connected to the moon. Uh, but some people think that was just, like, invented after she died for dramatic flair. Um, another theory is that maybe she and Juba, like, grew apart after being uh, married so long. And she, like, retired from court life and, like, was just, like, never talked about after that. And uh, people think this because uh, he took another wife the following year. Like, he got married. But uh, unfortunately for him, that wife fell in love with someone else and dumped his ass. Mm -hmm. Uh Personally, I'm of the opinion that she didn't die in 5 BC at 35 years old. Because I feel like Juba just, like, loved her way too much to, like, take up another wife, like, randomly, like, nearly 20 years into their marriage while she was still alive. So let's go with that she died in 5 BC. 
Um, after her probable death, her son, uh, he was sent to Rome to be educated because uh, his father's Roman citizenship transferred him. Mm -hmm. So he had right to uh, be educated there. Uh, he mainly lived with Cleopatra Selene's uh, sister, Antonia Minor, mm -hmm. throughout his education. Um, and when he returned to his home uh, to help his aging father, Juba was still alive well into this point. Uh, he co-ruled with Juba until Juba uh, died in 23 AD. He outlived uh, Cleopatra Selene by nearly 23 years, so like good for him. Uh, and after that, he was buried next to his girl in the, their like matching. It's like this. I gotta show you the mausoleum that he built for them after this. I don't think their bodies are actually in there. Like, their bodies have, like, disappeared, which could be an interesting mystery. Uh, but they were buried in this beautiful mausoleum that he built for them. And uh, Ptolemy became king. He was a pretty good ruler, in my opinion. Uh, but what's pretty brutal about him is how he died. <laughs> now, uh, Ptolemy, uh, being the king of this very powerful region, uh, he was invited to Rome by the emperor who at this time was caligula don't go don't go you've heard i'm guessing you've heard of caligula i've heard of him and i think he's bad you know him by rep yeah okay so caligula was like hey bro come out i want to invite you over for dinner and Patol and ptolemy who had a very good relationship with rome as well as being caligula's cousin because caligula's grandmother was his aunt he was antonia minor's grandson oh, okay. so they were they were related they had good relationship no no i would be a little suspicious of somebody with the name caligula well actually that wasn't caligula's real name like no. that wasn't his given name his given name was gaius caligula was his nickname and do you want to know what it meant something about murder no it meant little boots <laughs> i know he hated that name mm -hmm. but it's funny that we call him that now anyway <laughs> so Ptolemy shows up in Rome, he's showered in honors, and he's treated very, very well. He's like, uh, Caligula is like, you're a friend of Rome, we're cool. And then out of- No, you're not. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Caligula has him arrested and publicly executed. Hmm. For no reason. <laughs> Uh, but don't worry, Cleopatra Selene's lineage does not end here. Uh, Ptolemy did have one child, uh, a girl named uh, Drusilla, who after the murder of her father was raised in Rome and married into Roman nobility, so Cleopatra Selene might have descendants around today. Mm -hmm. um, Drusilla's lineage, like, in terms of historical record, like, stops at her grandson, so we're not sure if that guy had kids, mm -hmm. but it's completely possible. That's the same name that she named her second child yes that's where the confusion is in historical yeah. records some people aren't sure if drusilla is a reference to cleopatra selene's granddaughter mm -hmm. or a daughter, daughter that yeah. was born at some point uh so cleopatra selene might have descendants out there mm -hmm. somewhere all right so let's get into leg her legacy so even though cleopatra selene is not as well known as either her parent, she had a very, very cool life and hugely impacted politics in North Africa, which is so cool. And I wish she was more well known because she, in my opinion, was much more successful at ruling than either of her parents. Uh, so I wish everyone loved her as much as uh, her mom is loved uh, because boy, boy, does she deserve it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Mom, did you have a fun time? I did. Thank you. All right, guys. See you. Bye. Bye. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for topics, you can just DM me on Twitter at LongMayShereign2. The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2 instead. I'm also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on all those platforms. It really actually does help the show so much and it will help me grow my audience. So I would absolutely appreciate it if you you guys could do that. All right. Uh, bye.